Good morning. Hey, uh, am I too sibilant here without the pop filter? You're or, fine. Pss, 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 fine. All right, good, good, good. <clears throat> this morning we were watching a little YouTube video of Steve Martin in the 70s. Still had dark hair and his lapels and tie were each half a meter wide on the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. And he was doing a funny little skit doing a comedy sketch for dogs. And it was funny, but it wasn't hilarious. There wasn't screaming laughter in the audience after every joke, but it also wasn't deliberately awkward. It was just him kind of being goofy up there. And then he went over to the couch and he did these dumb fake card tricks that weren't really card tricks. And it was funny. Yeah. And and the lost art, and it is so easy to do this, and I don't know why people don't do it anymore, is that Carson was sort of playing the straight man. Yeah. Which makes it funny. If he tries to, you know, tell Steve Martin that he's stupid because the, the trick isn't really a trick or you know, tries to one-up him or something like that, it ruins it. Well, and that's all anybody does anymore. Yeah. Like Jimmy Fallon with a fake laughter, slapping his hand on the desk at every tiny little thing that first of all is not even close to being that funny and usually isn't funny at all. Why does he do that? Like you said, let it breathe. Let it just hang out there. Yeah, well, you know, I think, of course, talk shows recognize that, in a sense, it's always supposed to be about the guest. It's, it's a person in the chair. And so in that sense, the um, host or whoever's behind the larger desk or sitting in the slightly higher chair um, will probably try and, you know, um, set that person up so that they can be funny. But yes, they often do try and, and join in. In the case of Fallon, I don't know. He just sort of reflexively like, oh, now's the time we are supposed to laugh or whatever. I mean, I don't think Jimmy Fallon is particularly talented or maybe even has a very good sense of humor. I mean, given how easily he laughs, I think that's highly suspect. If, in fact, it's genuine. I'm not sure which is it's worse. Definitely it, it's definitely not genuine. Well, I don't, then maybe that's not as bad um, in terms of uh, his sense of humor, but... It couldn't um, possibly be genuine. It it could be. I mean, some people sort of, I guess, laugh at anything or whatever. But uh, yeah, I mean, in that kind of stuff is like uh, Kamala. It's very. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I yeah. think Jimmy Fallon is extraordinarily talented, and I think that on SNL he was super funny. I was just he super funny? I think he was really funny. So yeah. he was mostly on Update. Is that right? I don't, I don't know. I think that's primarily, I thought he and uh, Polar were like a double act on Update. At least that's the kind of the period. No, I, thought, I think he did uh, a lot of character I thought skits. first Faye. Okay, yeah, but he always laughs in character. So like at some point it became interesting apparently uh, to make people break uh, on SNL. Yeah. And Jimmy Fallon is... Yeah, he's really, really bad or good, I guess, depending on what you want to achieve. That's out of true. That. He always breaks. Yeah. Which is unprofessional. 
it it is unless you're sort of going to the meta where it's like you know the the fun is watching the sketch break down or whatever or when you you know see a set fall apart or something like that or you know a prop doesn't work and you you see that they're going to have to improvise because of course the conceit is that the show is live and, and it, it is a, a sort of live thing even though there's several versions <laughs> that are shot um so you know maybe it's kind of going to the next level it's like hey look um they wrote this thing they uh prepped it you know of course their reliance on cue cards last time i watched it seems more than ever before but maybe that's just the nature of the the uh, production and how much material they have um and so maybe uh, part of the fun is saying, you know, let's see what they prepared. Let's let's see it, it fall apart and how they react to that. I mean, Bill Hader breaks all the time, too. But <clears throat> we all know now that when he was playing Stefan, it was Mulvaney that was switching up the cue cards and making him break because he's reading that stuff for the first time. So the... Yeah, and I think, as I heard it, it's actually, you know, of course they have to break there's uh sort of the first half of the joke so to speak is on the cue card that he already knows and so he thinks he he has in his mind what the punchline is supposed to be but then they flip the cue card and there's new punchline yeah. so setup remains the same but then yeah you're always messing with hater a little bit because yeah, yeah he has seen that yeah. and hater i think is an even greater talent than fallon uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I would. I mean, he's just much more interesting. He interned on uh, South Park just because he wanted to learn how to do uh, uh, fish sticks. Is his joke? I, I think that um, fish sticks is his joke. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Yeah. 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 All right. Um... And of course, Barry is, is is brilliant, but maybe it's also highly or slightly suspect because it's like. I don't know. I mean, I, of course, I, I want Bill Hader to do whatever he's capable of and, and interested in. Because all comedic actors want to be taken seriously as dramatic is, actors. Isn't that slightly problematic? I don't know. Or the writers who want fame. It's like, hey, don't you want to see my uh, stand-up set? It's like, no, you're Judd Apatow. Nobody wants to see you at all. Often they don't even want to hear you, and they certainly don't want to watch the last 35 minutes of your movies because they're always too long. Mm -hmm. um, so can't you just settle for something? But... I don't know. Yeah, these are Hollywood people. And going back to musicians, you just you just never want them. You should. It's just you're almost always going to be disappointed when you see Mulvaney's them being themselves. Mulvaney's another one. Why do you have to be a stand-up? I yeah. thought you were a writer. And why do you have to do a whole comedy set about your recovery from cocaine addiction? Um, well, this is the uh, again. This just just you know what? Just keep that with your friends. I don't think you need to take that on the road. Well, this is what people, you know, the kind of confessional yeah. uh, that's very contemporary. Like, I have no idea who, uh, whatever, uh, Maury Amsterdam or somebody from that era. I have no idea what their personal life was like. Uh, and it's just not a part of their comedy. <laughs> I, I think that's easier. I, I don't know. Whatever. Maybe that's, I think it's all part of the self-indulgence, you know, culture now. Everyone's so obsessed uh, with themselves so you know of course my audience would want to hear about me too jonah Can't hill imagine. you know how i love jonah yeah. hill and yeah. i love that whole clique of actors and apatow's part of that yeah. 
uh, click of the overtly emotional confessional thread running through jokes or comedic dialogue. I love Jonah Hill. And I was so happy for him when he lost the weight and he started dating that surfer. I think her name is Sarah Brady, Sarah something with a B. And then they broke up and then Sarah started posting some of his texts, which were highly manipulative, quite controlling, lots of gaslighting. And I believe Sarah, I mean, the texts are there and he's couching it in therapy speak. My boundaries are that you can't post pictures of yourself on Instagram in a bikini. She's a, not that it would matter, but she's a professional surfer. She'd been doing that long before she ever met him. Mm. My boundaries are you can't ever talk to another man or this sort of stuff. (laughs) And then he does that show on Netflix with his shrink, who's a very strange guy, as a lot of shrinks are. Is this a documentary or? Mm -hmm. Okay. No. So is that like part of it's the PR campaign? It colors all of the things that I love about Jonah Hill. So is the show following the uh, presumably bad press? No, it's way before it. It's been on Netflix for a while. Okay. All right. Okay. But that's that makes him more interesting, so we'll be more likely to... He just found the shrink as a person to be a fascinating guy, so he did a documentary about... It's not a documentary. It's, it's, it's just... Uh, clips of them talking okay i mean i've seen some in of a his... therapeutic context um <clears throat> in the um what the hell was it it's one of the only watchable joaquin phoenix movies uh Michael, why do you always have to stay say stuff like that what joaquin phoenix is one of the greatest actors of our generation almost all of his movies are great yeah yeah um, Michael, anyway, I know that you I, don't I, I mean just, that when you say when you're so I, dismissive I, like that. I, I do mean that. All you his see, movies are Allen good. Thing? All of them. The Woody Allen thing was dreadful. The uh, Nicole Kidman thing, back but that in the wasn't day, that, that wasn't was Joaquin right. Phoenix's fault. That was just Woody Allen typing out his. I, I didn't say a Joaquin Phoenix movie that is unwatchable. Or right, don't say it's a Joaquin his... Phoenix movie. Say it's a Woody Allen movie that Joaquin Phoenix was in. Fine. Uh, okay. Well, it's not uh, his fault that you didn't like that movie. It I wasn't his performance his that ruined on the movie. Poster, so I thought it was fair to call it a Joaquin Phoenix movie. But anyway, I was saying one of his that was watchable was the uh, I'm in a wheelchair, but I'm still kind of a dick. Uh, uh, you're like uh, Jonah Hill in that one, I, if I'm, unless I'm yeah, confusing the movie. Yeah, yeah he so, so he, he was enjoyable sponsor. in that. So And yeah. that that's playing around with you know therapy and... Uh, damaged people so um yeah that that's fine but i don't if jonah hill's actually like that in real life or if joaquin phoenix says for that matter i don't really need to hear about that he's gonna be napoleon i believe right that could be interesting we listened and listened to and watched the congressional subcommittee hearing on ufos uap UAPs <laughs> yesterday. There wasn't anything revealed in that that was new other than getting this testimony or these stories 
officially into the public record. And I guess it's all senators in in these committees. Oh, the reps. Congressmen. Oh, the reps. Okay. okay. I, um, th- Promise, that was, uh, yeah. Sorry, promising to continue to explore this issue. Several of the politicians on the committee kept saying TikTok when they meant to say Tic Tac and they would correct themselves. I don't know why. I don't know why they do that. They, they must, if they, if they know they're going to have that verbal tick, just get it out of your brain ahead of time before you show up there. So I, I didn't see or hear the whole thing, mm-hmm. but, uh, so you said in the introductory comments, Burchett said Tic Tac yeah. instead of Tic Tac. Yeah. Okay, and by the way, I don't know where's the is there a shift uh, or uh, a stress on is it TikTok or TikTok? It's TikTok, Michael. Okay, all right. Well, I, I don't know. Um, uh, and and of course TikTok. But later, when I heard uh, and this I did hear uh, this portion of it. Uh, so Bridget was talking about. Um, he said uh, TikTok. He said correctly TikTok. Uh, but then he made a point of saying uh, his daughter branded him, uh, I believe it was his daughter, branded him a boomer uh, and said, you know, essentially, you know, no dumbass, it's TikTok. To which he quite rightly could say, fuck off, it's TikTok, it's a candy, and you don't know what the hell you're talking about. And I'm not a boomer also, by the way. Yeah. Um, I don't think he actually said that to his, uh, his daughter, but he could have quite recently. He's a very sweet guy. <clears throat> but he got himself all wrapped up and did say TikTok, I think, out of nervousness. In the same way, I am so terrified of saying astrology, what I mean to say astronomy. They're more similar than you would like to think. That I, think I always days, say astrology. Yeah. I always get it wrong because I'm so nervous to get it wrong. I always get it wrong. Sure. I think yeah. that's what he did. Yeah. Um, and in my head, I have to say first astronomical, and then I say astronomy, but I have to say that word first in my head before I say astronomy out loud. Right, right. That's how I get around that. Good, good. Anyway, everybody was saying Tic Tac so much. It. I wanted to ask you as an intellectual property expert, if Tic Tac is going to lo- lose yeah. their, I guess, trademark? I was or... going to say, so, so certainly not an expert, some knowledge of uh, well, IP issues. you did go to law school. And, and, so. and uh, trademark uh, in particular yeah i don't know too much about but yes there is certainly a concept uh in uh trademark which at least colloquially is uh referred to as as genericide uh so you know when you say things like uh, genericide genericide so your um your mark can succumb to becoming generic uh and at that point you would you could lose uh the recognition of the mark um, so, you know, when we say things like, uh, oh, you know, so just open up your tablet or whatever, uh, as opposed to your iPad brand tablet computing device or, hey, you know, oh, just, uh, I got in the new book, uh, on my Kindle. Uh, but actually it's a, a an e-reader that you're referring to and not the Kindle brand, uh, e-reader. Like how British so, people say hoovering when they mean vacuum cleaning. The Brits seem to be a especially susceptible to that sort of thing. And yeah, and I think in the U.S. at least, um, 
there are certainly some that people use, you know, we say Kleenex instead of tissues. I think some of that tends to be uh, regional as well. Um, some people refer to uh, soft drinks, of course, uh, generically as Coke. You know, in what, the South, what, they do that. What kind of Coke do you want? Yeah. Uh, I'll take a Sprite or whatever, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Now, obviously, you know, it's it's not soda. It's not soda pop. <laughs> it, it is pop. <laughs> it's not soft drink. Uh, but pop. It, it is specifically, it's pop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pop. yeah. Uh, RC Cola is, is especially tasty. But uh, is yeah. the shape of the Tic Tac patentable? Tic Tac. Is the shape of the Tic Tac Pack? Um, in theory, I suppose that the creation of the, you know, that you could have the, the process. So patents, at least in the United States, you know, you have uh, processes, manufacturers, uh, compositions of matter, these kinds. So um, where am I going with? So I uh, always think of a patent, what we call in the United States a patent, that, that is a utility patent. So it has to have, you know, functional uh, it, it's not purely uh, aesthetic the, the way a uh, so-called, you know, design patent or what the rest of the world would call designs um, or trademarks or trade dress. All that stuff is non-functional, but is a brand identifier. Patents don't have any brand identifier in them. They're, they're purely about the like it application be. of uh, it... scientific or mathematical principles. No, no, no. no. Thank Go you. Ahead. I was just um, yep. cutting you off before you started to... Um, no, no, no. Before you became unstoppable. <laughs> uh, because it seems like it should be. The, the shape of the Tic Tac is iconic. The shape of an M&M of a Reese's Peanut Butter Cup is iconic. As much yep. as a logo. You, you can't possibly trademark uh, the, those sorts of things. So, you know, uh, originally uh, trademarks uh, are graphical you know so so names themselves uh logos associated with them and you know the the conceit of trademark is that it's it's about um informing the public so you know you only get trademark protection recognized by the relevant uh, authority when you are actually using that mark in commerce so it's not enough to sort of squat on a trademark and not use it uh, you, you'll lose it that way and so it, it's about you know using it in commerce and there so so the idea is that the public has to know is this actually um, a, a coca-cola brand uh, beverage um, but when it comes to things like uh, you know the kind of uh, form factor or shape or, or colors even you can extend, uh, in some cases, trademark to that. Uh, Tiffany Blue, I think, is is still trademarked, that kind of stuff. Um, Owens Corning uh, fiberglass uh, insulation, I believe, the, the, the pinkness of that, because the pink has nothing to do with utility, you know, the, so that you could patent processes um, for uh, fiberglass insulation, you know, a better way of, I don't know anything about that technology, but I assume it's kind of woven together or something like that, or you could change the materials itself. Um, but that wouldn't be trademarkable. That would be patentable, but things like the color, because the color has nothing to do with the function, uh, that is trademarkable. There is also just on a related point there, you can think about things like, um, uh, toilet, I don't even know what they're called, cleaners or fresheners or whatever, whatever the thing is that you leave in the bowl uh, that gives a nice blue color. I don't think those are generally trademarkable. The idea being that there's, there would be a kind of a foreclosure if somebody were to just make that blue. 
like how many colors would you actually want to use associated with toilet cleaning? Like you don't want red, you don't want brown, you don't want yellow. So you would be f- foreclosing the possibility that other people could compete in that market. And that's very different than Tiffany blue. It's like, all right, well, you want to create a jewelry company, just use green. Who gives a fuck? You know, now of course it's not just it's not all blue. It's that particular sort of robin egg kind of stuff. But anyway, that's that's trademark. And just to finish the thought, so if if the public at large starts saying things like uh, iPad when they just mean tablet, when they say Kleenex, Kleenex when they just mean facial tissue, you have uh, the company might lose that trademark. So then they have to go to court and say, you know, no, it, it's not generic, you know, or whatever, uh, hoovering uh, in the UK, that sort of thing. But So yeah. if the marketing team, the branding team, and the legal team for the company that owns Tic Tacs mm-hmm. are in a room together, yeah. who's going to be nervous? Who's going to be yeah. excited? Yeah. I, and I think that that particular example, because I might be uh, misremembering this, but they were also back in the day and they chose uh, to market in a horizontal uh, oriented rectangular container rather than TikTok, which I think of uh, TikTok, excuse me, which I think of as a vertically oriented container. Uh, Dynamint, I, I believe they were called. Uh, so there was something else called all the dynamite. I don't know if dynamites are still on the market, but I believe they were back in the day. And they were, again, essentially tic-tac shaped. Now, you know that tic-tac, that shape, I assume, it is coming out of the manufacturing process in the same way that uh, Dippin' Dots and Hachelslach uh, and all those, you know, whatever bugs that you would sprinkle on your ice cream. Um those shapes are coming out of the manufacturing process. Now, Dippin' Dots, actually, there was a, a, a patent on that because it's actually was, at the time, um, not uh, common knowledge how to make Dippin' Dots. So that was a patent process. But, um, you know, I'm assuming that those Tic Tacs are probably extruded, right? I, I would think. It's going to be in the same way that, like, those um, uh, the, the candies... What are those um, candies called where they have the uh, the kind of old world processes? You know, you're, you're folding over these um, sugared... Uh, Just like ribbon candy? or like, like ribbon candy, yeah. But they often uh, work in a lot of different colors into it. And, of course, it's just a giant blob until you put it through the extruding machine. And then, you know, extrude it out and, and snip it out. And that's how... Now, in the case of Tic Tac, I don't know why... They've got the rounded edges, but I think it, it's got to be whatever related to temperature or something. They, they've got to sort of congeal into that shape. It's not a typical extrusion and, and snipping process. Um, I don't know. It almost seems like they're elongated drops, like maybe um, the formula sort of drips through, you know. I think a, it's just about mouthfeel. A screen. Oh, yeah, but I'm... But, I mean, they, they, I'm assuming they don't individually polish or shape each one of the uh, Tic Tacs. So it's got to come out of the manufacturing process. Uh, but I don't know why they get the nice rounded edges. Chicklets. Chicklets, uh, yeah, yeah, chicklets were great. Uh, I, I liked, um, so that, that's, the, uh, that's the candy shell over the gum, right? The, right, the thin candy but shell. Things are referred to as chicklets now, like keyboard keys or... 
Oh, the, the, the chiclet field. Right. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that, that's the potential generic side there, I believe. Mitch McConnell, perhaps literally, stroked out during a press conference yesterday. He went up to the podium. He started to answer some questions, and then he just blanked out. Just power C three PO'd up there. Really? Yes. And just, it just withdrew into and himself. the on switch didn't come back on, and yeah. so his minders were whispering into his ear, "Mitch, are are we?" Are we done now? Are we? Do you want to move? Do you want to? Are we? You, know, you want to answer any more questions, sir? Or you want to go lie down for a little while? <laughs> and then he just sort of came back online. Well, so they they did the thing. He didn't quite come back online, so they shuffled him off. But he was so out of it, he didn't he didn't move his eyes and he didn't turn his neck. He just the whole body just moved in unison, shuffling off to the side. Well, he can't turn his neck too much. He can extend it out from the shell. Yeah, he can't that's turn his true. Neck too much. And then he came back, and then a reporter said, "Have you thought about who your replacement is going to be if you can no longer do this job because of health reasons?" And he <laughs> dismissively laughed, and then once again, like shuffled off. And any other, he's like eighty-one years old. Apparently, he fell and had a concussion. With old people, the whole yeah. she fell and broke her hip thing, I suspect that the hip broke first yeah. and then she fell. I think that that's probably what happens more often than not. So yeah. he had a concussion or he fell and then he had a concussion. I'm thinking he blacked out and then fell and hit right. his head. Yeah. Why isn't he removed from office <laughs> immediately? Yeah. Um what the AF? <laughs> what the actual A, actual F? What the actuarial, as they say. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, he's the he's the senior senator. He's a year older than state. Biden, by the way. Year older than Biden? Yeah. Okay. Those whippersnappers. And he's just as fit to govern, yeah. Um, I, I don't... Uh, I don't think there's any procedure well there there has to be something uh for you know removal of individuals from either state or you know the actual congress uh, the state legislatures or congress um i don't know what the process is if you want to try and deem somebody unfit um well and now anybody who says anything about this is going to be accused of ageism sure, sure. if anyone in their 40s stroked out like that we would be able to talk about it in the context of an illness, something went yeah. wrong. They obviously are incapacitated. They cannot, no one, no one who does that could do whatever job that they're doing. But when it's an 81 year old, nope, ageist. Right, right. Don't get to say anything about that. But I also think that, you know, it does raise fair questions about, okay, well, how much less competent could uh, O'Connell uh, whoa, uh, uh, McConnell, uh, or uh, Mitch uh, O. McConnell. It, I did it because I was starting to say I was going to say O. Biden right. in the you know no uh, references, Michael. Oh, that's that's not a reference. That's, that's, a that's standard Sarah Palin reference. Well, as everything should be. So yes. Yeah, so um, whether Michael, McConnell 
uh, or Biden, I, I don't know how you would gauge how fit they actually have to be to do whatever it is that they do because they they don't really do much. So I, I think it is... Mitch you know, McConnell has enormous power. Well, yeah, he doesn't really exercise it. So I, th I think it's very different than saying uh, this person is unfit to whatever pilot this aircraft right now uh, because they're in the midst of having a stroke. Like... If Mitch McConnell or Joe Biden has a stroke, like right now, uh, it, it it doesn't matter. I mean, Reagan was slightly less competent for a, at least the second half of his second administration, and who the fuck cares? We we were doing fine. So you know, these people are just puppets to begin with. I shouldn't even call them people. They're they're you know vile uh, uh, wastes of of carbon and and trace elements. Um, but they, they don't have much to do anyway, and so they do what little they need to do, and even less so very effectively. I, I don't know how you could even gauge uh, this person is no longer fit to be president. Uh, no human being in their right mind is ever fit to be president, uh, which is, you know, nobody that should actually take the job is interested in having it. So here's the position that I we're. I thought in. you said you were going to censor yourself once I told you I was going to put this. Line. I am censoring myself. <laughs> I'm not saying anything controversial here. Everybody knows this. Yes, that's classic. That's classic Meeks for you, there, folks. There's that's no classic, classic Michael Massa. No, there's no classic Meeks. That's Come on. classic Michael Massa. Are you telling me that anyone in this is enthusiastic about these people that we're allowing to govern us? I would think that there's a. There's at least a few. I mean, complicit, yeah. So we're all guilty if we don't, you know, march on the place and and burn it down. Yes, we we are. Uh, there's tacit approval there, um, but but who enthusiastically cast the vote uh, for either uh, O'Connell or McBiden? It doesn't, you know. I I I think that that person is probably unfit to vote. <laughs> And how do we go about getting people disqualified? That's part of the problem with this whole, you know, democracy is great thing. All of a sudden there's no poll taxes. There's no tests for whether people should actually be voting. It's like, you're, you're not qualified to do that. I don't know if, uh, you know, severely retarded people, for example, if they're of age, I assume that they're allowed to vote. Is, is that a good idea? Yes. Are you struggling out? Um, I think it probably is a good idea. Also, could you please not say retarded, Michael? I don't. I actually don't know what the. I mean, that is a meaningful term. I don't know. It mentally challenged. challenged. Mentally, we don't say handicapped anymore, right? We don't say handicapable. So. Uh, we say disabled in some contexts, but I don't know if one is allowed to be mentally disabled. Uh. I mean, whatever I'm saying, it's, you know, Mentally very probably wrong maybe. now. Uh, it'll almost certainly be wrong, you know, two years from now or 20 right, years from now. So who cares? For the people that are living with this condition, let's be compassionate and kind. I I'm not being cruel to them. I'm merely stating their condition. We have this idea of, you know, what mental competences and we even have these apparently biased tests things like iq uh, etc but we do have we developed scales uh to analyze these things so it's meaningful to talk about them 
there are people who, again, I'm sure it's a, a flawed, maybe even flawed in concept, but the, the actual practice of the test of things like IQ tests, I'm, I'm sure they are flawed, but regardless of what they actually mean, there are people who have lower and higher IQs. Um, I, I'm right in the middle and I'm not ashamed of that, I'm sure. Yesterday I was visiting with a potential new client that supports, trains, and employs <clears throat> people with uh, some sort of mental limitations. Mm -hmm. That's a good, I don't know if that's a euphemism. I mean, if that, that's actually a, an acceptable phrase, but I think that's, that's I, I, meaningful. Yeah, I'm choosing that word with, you know, love and respect and compassion. And uh, I, I, I use the words with compassion as well. I'm just trying to be. I know. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, um, he seemed to have some physical disabilities as well. His arms seemed maybe a bit too short and maybe mm -hmm. some limited use there. Uh, and we were sitting next to each other in the lobby when I was waiting for my uh, meeting to start. And he heard me speaking English to, he didn't hear me speaking English to the receptionist because I was speaking to her in Dutch, but maybe I was just getting off the phone with you or so, at some point he heard me speak a couple of words of English mm -hmm. and he started talking to me in fluent Eng English. Now he clearly has limited mental capacity. He wasn't able to follow a train of thought or I complimented him on his glasses. He had very cool glasses. Right. And so, and, and it, well, mm, We'll, we'll decide if he was off topic or not because he was also Dutch. But a normal person would say, oh, oh, thank you, and maybe tell you where they got them. He went on and on and on about how much the glasses cost, how they were really, really inexpensive and cheap, and all of the he named off all the different locations of the chain of the glasses shop where he procured his glasses. And at, at any one of these locations, you could get those glasses for 200 euros. Um, so he wasn't able to sort of follow my introduction into the conversation. Right. But of course, you know, you, you may have that conversation with any Dutch person if you're complimenting <laughs> them on how cool their glasses are. And they're so all they're excited about is how inexpensive. Uh, yeah, now that I think it. about it. Yeah. But the fact is, he clearly had some sort of intellectual limitations and he still spoke more languages than I do. So there right, you go. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. All right. Are we done? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Okay. That's it. All right. Good.